Bibles then, if you would please, this evening, Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 1 is where we'll begin reading this evening. Genesis 19, 1. Let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, in honor of the Word of God here this evening. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. These are the angels that God has warned Abraham that he would be sending into Sodom and Gomorrah to snatch out Lot and his family so that he could then destroy those wicked cities. Verse number 3, And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do you to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please anoint this service with your Holy Spirit power. Father, I need this to be of you. And I beg you please that you would help, and not only help, Lord, but that this service would be under your control. I yield myself to you, and I beg you that you would please guide and direct my thoughts and my speech by the power and the leading of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things as we ask it in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. Lot says something in the midst of this that I think every time we read it, it probably shocks the mind of a normal person. Truth is, what he says is sick. Lot was sick. He offered his daughters 
and tried to negotiate the uh, rape of his own children. He became so twisted and demented in his thinking that it's absolutely sick. And our world here in America especially is getting more and more sick. I never thought I'd see in my generation the things that we're seeing today. I said that recently and we've all said it before. We had been warned by the preachers that came before that these things were coming if America didn't turn from its ways. And America didn't turn from its ways and only waxed worse and worse. And we're living in a very wicked and sick generation. I believe the truth is that America is so sick in its thinking that we are maybe just as bad, if not worse, than Sodom and Gomorrah. This may not be the case in every place in the world, but it seems like it's ramping up in just about every place, especially every place that is exposed to American culture. The question is, how did he get there? You've seen this before and I have seen it as well. People grow up in church or spend a lot of time in church and become demented and sick in their thinking themselves. How did they get there? I preached this to our young people yesterday evening at the youth activity and as I was praying and thinking about the service this evening and asking the Lord which direction He would have me to go, for whatever reason, I believe that this is the message that He would have me to preach. It may not be something for everybody. I hope it's not something for everybody. But certainly I do believe that it should be and is a warning for everybody. If it's not something that you need to repent of today, I hope that the message itself will imprint some things upon your heart and mind, no matter what your age is, that will help you to stay healthy as a Christian. I want to title the message this evening, The Road to Getting Sick. The Road to Getting Sick. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray again that your power would anoint this service you would work, please. I move out of the way the best I can and I beg you please that you would speak through me and that you would say the things to the hearts and minds of your people that I cannot say. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. and Amen. I am concerned about the next generation staying faithful to God. You see, I see in this generation a stark contrast from the previous generation. 
those that are committed to God, who are in their latter years of life or towards that back half of their life, and the ones that are coming up. Now, what I see and what other preachers see and what I believe God often reveals to the pastors across the country that are listening is not necessarily that we have anybody in our churches that are always living in wicked, abominable sin as what you see in these passages. That's not it at all. But rather, that some, if they are not careful, are on the road to getting sick. And what I fear is something that is happening in churches all across the country. And you please listen to this preacher. The younger crowd is leaving our churches by the droves, and the older crowd is staying put. And this message may not be the only reason why, but I believe it is a big part of the formula. I believe at some point what happens is, Satan gets such an inroad into the minds and hearts of the younger generation that eventually they were not intending to get sick spiritually, but they ended up getting sick spiritually, not by any necessarily obvious reasons, but by things that happened little by little. Which brings me to my first point. The road to getting sick, number one, does not happen all at once. You see, Lot was in the home of one of the greatest Christians for much of his life. We don't know exactly how old Lot was when he came under the roof of Uncle Abraham. But we do know, according to Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 12, that Lot's dad died. And that Abraham then takes him under his wing as his uncle and begins to raise him for his own. Now, we know about Abraham that he's one of the greatest men of our faith. He makes Hebrews chapter 11 as we referenced briefly this morning. He's there. We, we look up to him as Christians as one of the greatest men of the faith. And so it's, it's really interesting to see that somebody could get so spiritually sick when they had been brought up with every opportunity to live healthy. You see, you don't suddenly switch from a Christian upbringing to being a sick Christian. It happens by a continual exposure to the things of the world and therefore a vexing of your spirit. 2 Peter chapter number 2. Let's turn our Bibles there if we could please. 2 Peter chapter number 2. And let's look at verse number 6. 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 6. <laughs> you all will have to do your best to focus on purpose here this evening. Looks like maybe some of the cookouts have already burnt us and wearied us. I hope God is able to do a work this evening. 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 6. 
The Bible says in turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live what? And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now let's stop here for just a moment. Some people wonder sometimes if somebody such as Lot could make such a wicked and sick and disgusting statement, no doubt because he had become spiritually sick, that if somebody could make that kind of a statement, were they truly saved? Well, the Bible says that he was a just man. It doesn't mean necessarily that he was a good man, but it does mean that he was a saved man. And I don't know why this is. I, 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 you know, and, and, and people have their own answers and their own reasons, and I can come up with a couple of ideas, but I tell you, man, that, that it seems that when Christians go off the deep end, that they can get into even worse things than the world will. And I don't, I don't know that I comprehend that, but it happens. And some people say, well, if they were a child of God, they wouldn't do that. Well, Lot certainly did. And even though he wasn't necessarily a sodomite himself, he had so accepted the way of the world that he was willing to send his own daughters out to be taken advantage of. And for some reason, he thought this was a good idea. He became sick in his thinking, and he became sick spiritually. And that doesn't happen overnight. The Bible says that God delivered him because he was one of the just ones, one of the saved ones. Do you see it there in verse number 7? But he was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, that word vexed appears for the first time in verse number 7. It appears a second time in verse number 8. When God repeats a word, it bears significance. He doesn't, he doesn't speak like we do. We, we say words and we say them over and over again because we're just not always thinking about them. Um, I'm already to the stage where I'm telling stories over and over again. And I used to, you know, I used to hear some of the older ones do that, you know, my grandpa and my, my dad, you know, and my grandmother. And, and, and my mom doesn't really repeat stories, but, but uh, you know, it seems like the guys especially. You know, the men in our lives, our fathers and our grandfathers, they're really good at repeating stories, you know. But God doesn't do that. When He repeats something, it's for emphasis. And so He says that Lot, this saved man, this just man, He vexed, or He was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked in verse number 7 and in verse number 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them in what? Seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from what? Day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now that word vex means to pain, to toil, to torment, to toss. So in other words, little by little, he toiled and tossed in the temptations of this world. And day by day, the Bible says, not all at once, but day by day, little by little, he went from where he was in Uncle Abraham's house to the man that he was when we see him last in Genesis 19. Sometimes we get the idea that great falls into sin happen all at once, but the truth is, and we've heard it many times, that the falls of, of people or the great falls of people into sin are not usually something that happens all at once or overnight, but it's something that happens by a slow process of wicked thinking. Young people, please listen to me. You know what, can I be honest with you? I'm going to come down here right now. 
Some of the old people in here could shut off their ears right now and be just fine, but some of you young people that this warning is for don't even care to listen, and you'd rather sit there and mess around and laugh with each other than listen to maybe one of the final warnings that you're going to get because you think for whatever reason you don't need this or you're not here for the right reasons, and so you're not going to listen to me, and instead you're going to end up out there in the world sick spiritually and thinking sick as a Christian and doing sick things, and you'll wonder how you got there, and it's been because you had a chance and you turned your back on it. So I'm asking you to listen. And I want to say this as cautiously and as kindly as I can. That may be the only warning you get. Do you understand what I just said? It didn't happen all at once. He vexed his righteous soul from day to day in what? In seeing and what? Hearing. He was constantly exposed to the world and by the world was led little by little into a way of life and a way of thinking that made him sick. Some will be thinking sick things and doing sick things and be sick spiritually if you don't stop listening and looking at the things of the world. You see, you don't see what's happening to you, but little by little, your mind is being changed about things that the Word of God says are wrong and the world is putting pressure on you by their wicked philosophies and by their worldly philosophies and little by little you're beginning to accept things that Christians ought not to accept. You see, what they do is they wear us out until they make more and more headway in our minds and in our hearts and we don't see what we used to see in one generation as wicked, we don't see it as wicked anymore. Satan knows how to play the long game. He's not not as concerned about getting you overnight because he knows for most Christians, you don't start out thinking, man, I want to be a wicked person. So he just has to turn up the heat one day at a time. And he has to get you to accept one thing after another thing, after another thing, after another thing. And little by little, he moves you from where you should be to where you will be. Would you please hear me tonight? This phrase has been repeated over and over again throughout history, but I'm going to say it again. You either are right now or soon will be the people you hang around and the things you allow into your mind. They used to say the people you hang around and the things you read, but people don't really read anymore. They just watch videos. So the things that you allow into your mind. You either are today or soon will be. The people you hang around or the things you allow into your mind. And so if you keep exposing yourself, not, and I'm not just talking about wicked, vile sins, although this generation, uh, through your phones, are constantly exposing yourself to wicked, vile sins and becoming more and more and more and more and more and more accepting of them. 
where you used to be convicted about it, now you've quenched the Spirit of God to the point where you're calloused and you're not convicted about it like you used to be. But I'm not even just talking about that. You see, the world likes to also give you philosophies and ideas that go against the Word of God and go against the right way of living. And that stuff is getting intertwined into all of the shows that you watch and into all of the music that you listen to. And it's not even all about just wicked and vile stuff. It's about the worldly philosophies that you're getting fed. Little by little. Worldly thoughts. The power of words is so great. And they just plant a little seed in your mind. One thing at a time. And it doesn't sound too bad right now, but that seed is leading to a little bit of growth, leading to a little bit of growth, leading to a little bit of growth. And you don't even realize what you're allowing yourself to listen to. And you don't even realize where that's going to end. So just little by little they'll get you. Day by day. The road to getting sick doesn't happen all at once. It happens day by day. Secondly, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 13. And by the way, this is not just for young people. It's not just for the teenagers. The teenagers have already heard it. If I felt like it was just for the teenagers, then I would have left it with them last night. I believe this is what the Lord wants for everybody. And you know, can I just say this, older adults? You may be established in some of your ways, and there might be some standards and some principles you've set in your life where you're, you're not crossing that line, whatever it is. You've established that, you've decided that, but still the philosophies of the world are making headway in some of our young adults and middle-aged adults as well. And it happens little by little. Listen, please listen to me. If this is the only thing you hear tonight, some of you may very possibly be out of church and out of the will of God within a short amount of time, not because you saw it coming and not even because you wanted to go there, but just because little by little you allowed the philosophies of the, war, of the world to affect you. You allowed the thinking of the world to affect you. And then at some point, church becomes less palatable. It becomes less enjoyable. You don't like that place where God used to meet with you and used to speak to you. And you need to go find yourself at all these teachers having itching ears, as the Bible says will happen in the last days, because you can't endure sound doctrine anymore. And that didn't happen overnight. It happened little by little. Amen. The road to getting sick doesn't happen all at once. Secondly, Look at chapter 13 and begin reading here with me in verse number 10. Now, this is the place where Lot is given a choice by Abraham to... Their, their, their flocks and their herds were becoming too great and they couldn't dwell in the same place anymore. And so Abraham comes to Lot and says, look, we're going to have to split up a little bit. And so I want you to choose which part of the land you want for your flocks and... I'll take the other part. And isn't that just like a parent or somebody who cares for you? To give your best for your children and take the scraps. But he knew God would bless him wherever he went, so he was willing to let Lot choose. And so he does so. And the Bible says in verse number 10, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, 
that it was well watered everywhere. Actually, no, the Lord just spoke to my heart about something. Um, I'm not very good at giving up the scraps when it comes to the sweets. Uh, I, I, I fight for them with my life. And my children probably just thought he's a liar, and I wanted to get that right with everybody. Um, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. The road to getting sick, number one, it doesn't happen overnight. Number two, it starts with a curiosity. I don't necessarily fault Lot for choosing the well-watered plains of Jordan. That's what his uncle told him to do. Go decide which is going to be best for your flocks and choose that. Now, maybe if he was uh, thinking right and had humbled himself, maybe he would have given the well-watered plains to Uncle Abraham and expected God to bless him wherever he went. Might have been the better choice, but it's, I, I'm not going to fault him for that. We might have all done about the same thing, and maybe that's what Uncle Abraham wanted. Well, I'm sure it is. So I, I'm, not, I'm not saying there was anything wrong with him trying to make a little progress for himself in that area of life. But what does happen is that when he goes over to the well-watered plains, he sees over there in Sodom and Gomorrah, before God destroys it, he sees something that he likes, and so he doesn't just, and we've all heard this preached before, but he doesn't just set his tent there, he sets his tent towards Sodom because he's curious about what's going on over there. He wants to see it. In other words, his door is open to it. Is everybody okay? He's curious. And you may not see that you're on the road to getting sick, but some are constantly curious about what is going on in the world. Can I say this? Curiosity about the world that is left unchecked leads to experimentation. Experimentation leads to acceptance. Acceptance leads to lifestyle, and lifestyle leads to sickness. It begins with a little curiosity. We have to be able to live in the world without being of the world. Curious. In John chapter 17 and verse number 13, the Bible says, as Jesus was speaking of the disciples that He was leaving when He would be crucified and, and, and raised from the dead and ascend into heaven. He's praying to His Father and He says, And now, I come, or now come I to Thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have My joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them Thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
Jesus said of His disciples and His people that He was leaving behind that they are not of the world. Now, can I say this? And sometimes I think we get this a little bit wrong. When you become a child of God, regardless of how badly you want to be a part of the world, you're not of the world anymore. You can go try to fit in over there, but you won't fit in over there anymore if you're truly a Christian. Now listen to this preacher. Some of you do fit in in the world, and you're not bothered about it, and the lost people don't know any difference between you and any of them. Something off about that. doesn't mean we don't love people in the world. It doesn't mean we don't try to reach people in the world. And as I said a few weeks ago, it doesn't even mean that ever so often you aren't friendly with somebody in the world in order to try to lead them to Christ. But a Christian is not of the world. And if you fit into the world and it never bothers you to be around the things of the world, something isn't right. Either you become so calloused in your heart and mind that you no longer have any conviction, which means you're already sick. Or, you don't have the Spirit of God at all. Either one is not good. There are some people that I am around every now and then that are of the world. I kind of like some of them. But I couldn't go hang out with them at their houses and feel comfortable around their worldliness. I, could, I couldn't go to the parties with them and feel comfortable around that. Because when Christ saved me, He put something within me that made me uncomfortable with what is going on in the world. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, you're not of the world anymore. Are you listening? You shouldn't fit in there. And if you do, it's because you have crossed so many lines You've either calloused your heart and you feel no conviction anymore or you're lost. It's the only way I see it. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the only way I see it. Amen. Thinking of an illustration, I'm, as I'm preaching and talking, I'm, I'm praying about it, trying to decide if I should use it. I think maybe I've used it here before. I think I'll move on. The road to getting sick. Number one, it doesn't happen all at once. Number two, it starts with a curiosity. Enjoy some things in this world, but don't enjoy sinful things. Hello? There's nothing wrong with playing a little golf, doing a little hunting, fishing, owning a house, having a hobby. Nothing wrong with that stuff. Is there anything wrong with God's people? having joy in this life and enjoying some of the blessings of this life? I don't think so. Matter of fact, I think the book of Ecclesiastes says that it's a gift from God for us to be able to enjoy the blessings that God gives us every now and then. Nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. But Christians should not be able to enjoy sinful things. My family and I, we went on biggest vacation of our lives, most expensive vacation of our lives, and probably the last time that ever happens. It was our girls' graduation, and we decided to do it up a little bit, and these kids, 
Now don't shoot at me. You can, you can shoot at me. I probably deserve it. But, you know, they've always wanted to go to Disney World. And I know how wicked Disney World is getting. It's vile, the stuff that they're pushing. And that stupid ticket price is so ridiculous. It's the whole reason I've never gone. Not the whole reason, but one of the big reasons. But, man, you know what? We saved some money and finally decided, all right, we'll take them. We got over there, and because of how bad they have opened the door to some wicked things and how much they have pushed it through their movies and, and cartoons and all this kind of stuff, I mean, the place was filled with junk. And it was, for me, hard to enjoy sometimes. And, and I think and I hope for my kids, occasionally, it was hard maybe for them to enjoy. I hope that's the case. We did have a blast, though. Nothing wrong with a roller coaster or a ride every now and then, but there is something wrong with enjoying the sin of the world. It ought to bother us when we get in a truly worldly environment if we are a Christian and we truly want to live for God. There ought to be something inside of you that says, this isn't right. The road to getting sick, it doesn't happen all at once. It starts with a little curiosity. And so, now listen to me please and I need to move on. But some of you young people are constantly looking over the fence and you're constantly curious about the, what the world's up to and you're constantly curious about what they're saying and what they're doing and what it is that they think about that thing that the preacher said and what it is that they think about that thing that your parents said or what it is that they think about that one thing that your Sunday school teacher said and you're constantly curious about what's going on in the world and what you've done is you have opened a door to the devil in your life and some of you need to close some doors right now. Have some standards and shut some doors. Turn off some of the shows. Stop going to some of the places. Stop hanging around some of the people because your curiosity and your open door to that part of the world is going to eventually lead you into that part of the world. It starts with some curiosity. I need to hurry. Number three, it will come with some warning signs. You see, over there in Genesis 14, 12, the Bible says that the kings, when this war begins, took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. And Uncle Abraham had to train some of his servants and go and get him, right? Now, to me, I think that would be a pretty big warning sign. Maybe I'm not in the right place right now. But he should have seen the warning, and he didn't. And can I say, there will be signs if you start opening your door to the things of the world and start getting caught up in it. There will be signs and God will try to get your attention and He'll try to show you that this is the wrong direction. But if you ignore the warnings, you will end up sick. Every now and then, God will put a little army together and he'll come over and try to snatch you out of it and say, uh, maybe let's stay out of there. But the more times you push through those warnings, the closer you are to getting sick.
there will be some warning signs because if you're really one of God's children, He won't let you get away with it. Number four, almost done. If you push through the warning signs and you get to the point where you start feeling comfortable in the world, in order to keep you in the world, you'll be offered higher positions. Genesis chapter 19, and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the what? In the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now, please hear me out. Some of you are going to miss this, and you're not going to even see it coming. And this may be the greatest danger, especially for young adults today. About the time you start getting a little more comfortable with the world and you're trying to figure out your life's direction, in order to try to keep you there, they'll offer you a few things. Now, say, what in the world are you talking about? Okay, Genesis 19.1, where is Lot sitting? He's sitting at the gate, right? Now, if you study this stuff out, historically and traditionally, during this time of history, now stay with me, if I understand correctly, the men who sat at the gate of these walled cities were usually the leaders of those cities. They were part of the leadership structure. Are you with me? So Lot went from curiosity to leadership. He's not just in the world now. He's leading in the world. And brother, is the devil slick. About the time the Lord comes along and tries to snatch you back to where you need to be and get a little more separation between you and the world, the devil will see some of those things happening and he'll try to pull you a little bit further in. So, he'll offer you a little status, a little popularity. A little advancement at work that will take you out of a little more church. And you'll say, well, God's blessing me. That's why, that's why I'm getting higher positions at work, because God's blessing me. I'm in God's will or this wouldn't be happening. That's, that's really funny. Because did you ever notice that, um, now stay with me, Jesus Himself was offered the kingdoms of the earth by the devil Himself? to get out of the will of God? But see, this whole, popu this, whole, this whole prosperity gospel message has convinced people that if God is blessing you, you're going to get opportunities. Huh? Well, what if Jesus had just said, well, you know... I really have worked really hard. Maybe I'll just take all the kingdoms now. <laughs> but man, we, we listen to the preachers of this generation as they say, as God blesses you, you'll have more, you'll get more. Your life will be more blessed financially. Well, your life will be more blessed. I can't promise financially that it will be. 
But the things that you'll get from being in the will of God will be so much greater than the financial blessings. They won't even compare. It'll be as a hundredfold. Hello? You forsake houses and lands and father and mother and sister and brother and the things that you will get back are not necessarily all of those things you forsook. Because remember, you forsook them for God's will. But what you will get back are blessings that are a hundredfold better. Huh? Now, I don't know where these kids are going to end up. My kids. But it would be a hundredfold blessing to me if they would just live for God. Than if they go out and make a little money and fall to the world. That would be much more valuable to me. Be a lot more valuable to their mother. And we get this idea that, well, you know, because I'm starting to get some offers, I must be getting blessed by God. Not if those offers are going to take you out of the will of God. Use some discernment. Use some discernment. Now, it may be that God has opened a door for you, but God doesn't open doors in the world that take you further away from church, further away from your husband, further away from your wife, further away from the will of God. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. When God opens a door, it puts you in a better spiritual place, not worse. Man, people say, well, God's leading me, you know, this way or that way. They don't even have a church to go to. They're just leaving. Well, I can't say that's God. You're saying it's God. But it's possible that that offer is coming from a different source. Amen. Huh? It's entirely possible. And how can we discern these things? Is it opening the door for me to be better in the will of God? or worse in the will of God. The road to getting sick. Number one, it doesn't happen all at once. Number two, it starts with curiosity. Number three, it will come with some warning signs. Number four, you'll be offered higher positions in the world. And number five, it will come from a place in your mind that makes sense to you, but not to God. Look at verse number 6 of Genesis 19. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. That means they're virgins, they're pure. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. He says, don't do so wicked of a thing. This is less wicked made sense to him somehow. But you know what? He goes on in this little charade of his. Look at verse number 18. God tells him to get as far away from here as he can, to go to the other side of the mountain. And verse number 18, Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. 
Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. That's a whole lot of words to try to convince God that he has a better idea. Hello? Look at verse number 21. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also. Hmm? You know, there does come a time when God won't deal with you anymore to the extent that he'll just say, That's the choice you want to make? All right. I'll accept it. Hello? Yeah, he does. I'll accept it. In Psalm 81.12 he says, So I gave them up unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Hello? There does come a time when God says, Alright. I've warned you, and I've warned you, and I've warned you, and you've now justified in your own mind it makes sense to you to do this and to do that, and you keep arguing with God and trying to justify your life's choices. Alright, I'll tell you what. I'll accept them. Go ahead. What happens when Lot gets over there? Well, with his attitude and his spirit, his wife takes a look back and he loses her. And then his daughters have a lewd and illicit relationship with him. And Lot eventually pays for his choices. Please understand, the road to getting sick will come from a place in our mind that makes sense to us, but not to God. And man, we will argue with him and we'll justify it and you'll get warnings from the pulpit and you'll get warnings from your Bible and you'll get warnings from your parents and you'll get warnings from the preachers of previous generations and you'll hear it all and you'll still go your way and God will accept it and He'll allow you because you have justified it in your mind and He'll say, fine, I'll give you up to your own heart's lusts and you can walk in them. And that's when you're truly sick. The road to getting sick. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help us to have some discernment this evening. Please, Father, warn some tonight. Lord, please, for your conviction, snatch some out of their direction. With heads bowed and eyes.